Hey, welcome back to Bacon Wrapped Business. This is Brad Costanzo, and today we are going to dive into bottlenecks. So every business owner knows that um, you're really only as strong as the weakest link in your business, right? If things can go be going great, things can be moving smoothly, and sales are cranking, but if something in fulfillment or customer service or operations or anything else is broken, that's what we call a bottleneck. And they can make everything super duper frustrating for us. And it's not the sexiest part of business, but it's one of the most necessary parts of business. You know, in football and sports, they say like offense wins, you know, gets the glory, but defense uh, you know, wins championships. And I think that operations and getting rid of bottlenecks, et cetera, that's the defense. That's making sure that everything sm- flows smoothly so that your offense can do what it's supposed to do. And the offense in this case is sales and marketing. And I think this is a topic that we don't discuss enough in uh, business, but we are going to today. So if you are running a business or thinking about it and you've got a whole bunch of things that just feel like there's monkey wrenches in there, keeping it from running as smoothly as it should, then you're going to enjoy my interview today with Zach. Zach Stuckey is on the phone, uh, or actually on the uh, video here. And uh, if you're listening just on the podcast, there's a video episode, there'll be a link in the episode. So Zach is the founder of Homeric Consulting, where he helps business owners overcome these bottlenecks and break through them in order to get you know, better efficiency, probably more time freedom, et cetera. And I wanted to talk to him today about some of the problems people face and some of the ways that he helps them solve them. Zach, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Brad. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, me, um, as, me as well. Yeah. So you're, you're in Utah, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Nice. It's Love sunny you. in 72 right now. I'm loving yeah. it. That's just like here in San Diego, you know, we're hitting spring, so it's uh, all around. So I think it's getting better. Um, Tell me a little bit more about you, your business. Uh, You know, how'd you, how'd you get started helping people break through bottlenecks uh, in their business? Like, give me a little bit of the backstory. Yeah. You know, so this has always been something my wife would tell you that it's always been something that I've done. We would go to restaurants and I'd just look around and say, "Hmm, you know what they should be doing is this, this, and this. Uh, and then I got my undergrad and then later my master's degree. And I learned that this is just something that I'm really good at. Uh, and so I started working with businesses to help them identify their bottlenecks, you know, what's really holding them back. And uh, once we were able to clear those out of the way, we were looking at millions of dollars that they were able to generate without really spending a whole lot more money mm-hmm. to be able to, to increase their output. Um, like 12 and a half percent to their bottom line. Oh, wow. That's great. Um, yeah. And so it, it just kind of piggybacked from there and, and grew to where it is today. Beautiful. So what can you tell me about some of the, you know, some of the bottlenecks that you see quite often in business that people are facing? Well, you know, I, I think that the, the key to begin with is, is kind of helping people understand a little bit more about what bottlenecks are. I think you did a really great job in the intro talking about what bottlenecks are, which is like a a breakdown in your system. But if you picture in your mind for a minute, like a wine glass or a wine bottle, excuse me, that wine bottle has a very specific shape and the narrowest point is at that neck. And you can only get as much out of that wine bottle as that narrow opening allows. And your process is the same way. And you can only get as much productivity, as much quality, and as much revenue out of your system, out of your business that that bottleneck allows. 
And so the, the bottlenecks that I commonly see are actually oriented around businesses not knowing what their bottleneck is and not knowing how to appropriately manage it to get the most out of it. Absolutely. So can you give some examples? Yeah. So I think a great example is like a, a company that's maybe in that one to $5 million range. You know, they've got a couple of employees, maybe five to 10 employees, but the business really still relies on that CEO to grow. That CEO is a bottleneck because everyone is coming to that CEO, demanding time, demanding uh, productivity out of that CEO. And some of the work that they're asking that CEO is actually not necessary for that CEO to do. So, you know, we have these people that are bottlenecks, but we can also have bottlenecks that are actual resources that we use. So for example, let's say that I'm an operation that bakes cookies. Well, if, if my oven can only hold so many cookies uh, at a given moment, and those cookies have to be in that oven for a certain period of time, that oven could be the bottleneck, um, you know, because I have to, uh, it, it limits basically the number of cookies that I can produce. It's the most utilized resource that I have. What uh, is that? What do you have any examples from some clients you've worked with of uh, really specific bottlenecks that you've helped yeah, absolutely. Work on that kind of helped uh, unleash the flow of revenue and uh, <laughs> yeah. And et cetera. Because I, I know that this this can be, the concept of a bottleneck can be a little bit ambiguous if people don't go, oh yeah, like that's me. I'm dealing with that exact same thing. So what can you tell us as far as examples that you've dealt yeah. with? Well, so I, I'll give you three. Okay. So example number one, I was working with a high-risk obstetrics practice. And and this these are these are baby doctors, but they they help with moms. Um, who are pregnant, who have special conditions like gestational diabetes or uh, preeclampsia or high order multiples, like four, five, six babies uh, coming out of that mom all at once. And so um, the way that they made their bread and butter, the way that their business model was oriented was around having people, uh, having other physicians refer moms to this, to this practice for ultrasounds. Um, and it was a way for these other providers to shift off their liability onto a more specialized, excuse me, a more specialized physician who could perform those ultrasound reads. Well, in that practice, the, the people, the ultrasound technician was a bottleneck because they could only be doing uh, a certain amount of scans per day. They couldn't be doing two scans at once. They could only have one person in that scanning room. And then that scanning room was actually the second bottleneck. And so when we identified this, we made some, some simple changes that allowed us to make sure that that ultrasound technician was essentially always scanning a patient mm. unless they had to take a break or something else, you know? Um, but they were basically always scanning a patient and they weren't doing things that they didn't need to be doing. Yeah. Um, and because of this, we were actually able to, to add seven additional patients in a, in a, a, a week which ended up being projected out into $1.2 million. That's great. As opposed, I imagine that, yeah, the, prior to that, these patients would just come in and be on a long waiting schedule, right? Like waiting forever to get into, to pay them money. Yes, absolutely. It's funny you bring this up. So just like last night, I was, um, I was out with uh, my wife and another couple, double date, we were out at this uh, our favorite ice cream place here in town and it's uh 
for anybody in San Diego, it's called Handel's Ice Cream. Give them a shout out up in uh, Carlsbad. And now they're no, like, for me, it's it's the best ice cream I've ever had. So one, the, the, there's always a line, but this line was so long, so crazy long. And I'm thinking, I love ice cream, but I don't know if I'm going to wait in this line, but I did anyway. And we got up there and one of the things my, myself and my friend Nate noticed, we commented on is how inefficient and like, we didn't use the word bottlenecks, but how inefficient it was. So they had like three people at the window taking orders because it's all like out on the sidewalk and uh, they take the orders and then that person takes the order, they write it down or they take the credit card and then they go back and then they're scooping and they're doing all this and they're putting it in and then they're coming back. And there's absolutely like the person who's taking the order is scooping, is doing everything else, cleaning and then going on to the next person. And like, no wonder there's a line, you know, that's insane. Yeah. But it's just funny that we talk about this because we both were like, that's a really inefficient process that they've got there. Like, this is this is what I would be doing if I was there. So it is funny as a business owner, he's a business owner, I'm a business owner, you're a business owner. Uh, you start to kind of catch these things, but it's always easier to catch it in somebody else's business than it is in your own and looking inside because we just get so used to doing things um, the same way. We probably don't think about it. And I would imagine that the clients who hire you that's one of the reasons they hire you because you're able to take a look at their processes through a totally different lens and go, why are you doing it like this? Yeah. Well, that's the way we've always done it. <laughs> so yeah. um, anyway, just a little ice cream anecdote for you here. What well, I think that's a great, I just want to add to that, Brad, because I think that that's actually a really great anecdote uh, in terms of bottlenecks. I'm sure that people are saying, okay, so I know that I have a bottleneck. I know that a bottleneck will cap my revenue. It'll limit my productivity and it, it will uh, impact my quality. Great. So how do I find the bottleneck? And you guys did it and you didn't even know it. Most of the time, the easiest way to find the bottleneck is to look where the work is being piled up. And so that I, I just wanted to be sure to add to that because I thought that was such a great great example for that yeah and in this case the pileup was a long line now the other effect that that can have is from a marketing angle is sometimes it looks like well there's lines so long it must be good or the line so long they must be really inefficient <laughs> but yeah. it maybe helps attract people we almost left though because i'm not the type of guy who likes to wait in line so we almost left and they have they and they fixed that probably would have gotten a lot more business because i guarantee other people said nope i'm not going to go wait for something that i want uh, and I would imagine when you, so when you're, when you're marketing your business, when you're trying to get the word out about what you do, is it, is, I would assume one of the challenges is that people, business owners are not, it's not at the tip of their tongue or the forefront of their mind going, I need to break through these bottlenecks. Mm -hmm. uh, I need to do this. Like a lot of times, you know, as business owners, we just think I'm overworked. I'm not making enough money, et cetera, et cetera. What do you do besides coming on shows like, you know, <laughs> better explain what you do so that people can go, oh, that's kind of cool. Maybe I need that. What, uh, what do you do to kind of get the attention of clients uh, or prospective clients to get them to realize and raise their hand like, man, I need help with this? Like, what's that? What's yours? Well, that, that's a great question. And the easiest way to describe it is with a water bottle. So if I try and put more water in this bottle than it can hold, what's going to happen, Brad? Overflow. Exactly. And if this water bottle is full of holes and I try and put water in it, what's going to happen? It's going to flow out the bottom. Leak. It's going to flow out the bottom and I'm going to be left with a huge mess, right? Well, see, your business is the same way. 
And a lot of times we're told, oh, I just need to juice my sales in order to grow my business. But that's like pouring water into an already full cup or into a cup that's got holes all around it. And so if you really want to grow your business, you need to first patch up those holes and increase the size of the cup so you can fit more in. And that's what I help businesses do. I have a, a skill set of being able to come in, identify where those holes are, patch them up and increase the size of the cup so that you can make more money. I love it. So what, uh, what does it look like when you walk into a company, you engage with them, uh, take me through the, the relate, the experience that, you know, how do you deliver your services? How do you get in and find the bottlenecks? What does it look like? Is it on site? Is it, can it be virtual? Is it, take, take me through kind of a, kind of a general. Yeah. So, I mean, it can be on site or it can be virtual. Both options work. Um, but at the end of the day, what I need is to be able to look at your process and be able to ask a lot of questions because basically what I'm looking for is I'm trying to figure out in your whole business system, where is the specific pileup and where is that bottleneck? So I'm, I'm trying to figure out how much work your each resource is doing, each step of that process is doing and uh, you know, what in terms of the system, on what point in the system is all productivity most reliant on? So like in that example of a smaller business that's one to 5 million that has, you know, maybe 10 to 15 employees, if that work is really reliant on the, on the CEO to get stuff done, they're the bottleneck and we're going to go and manage to that. And there are rules that I have that uh, I can use to help businesses really get more productivity out of that. Um, oh, no. Can you tell, tell me about them? Yeah. So, so these rules are really just based in understanding what your bottleneck is and making sure that you're, that that bottleneck is doing only revenue generating activities. And so I call these the five bottleneck rules. Um, and if your if your listeners want to get access, I've got a free report that I've written up that will guide them through what a bottleneck is, what these rules are and how they apply. Um, but rule number one is is they need to know and manage their bottleneck. Your bottleneck, like I've said, sets the limit for your system. So you have to know what it is so you can manage to it. Uh, rule number two is to avoid unnecessary downtime, right? So your bottleneck, if it sets the limit, why on earth would you want that bottleneck to have a, an unnecessary break? Uh, you wouldn't. And so you wanna make sure that you're managing the system so that that bottleneck is always keeping fed. Like uh, the example of the cookies, right? If that oven is the bottleneck, I want to make sure that as soon as I'm opening up that oven to take out those trays of cookies, I'm putting fresh trays of cookies in to start baking the instant that timer rings and closing that door. Um, the, I also want to create a small inventory of work uh, for that bottleneck to make sure that if, let's say that the mixer breaks down, I'm not having a downtime on my bottleneck waiting for more dough to get to me to cook. So that's rule number two, avoid bottleneck downtime. Uh, rule number three is don't put bad work through your bottleneck. And there are a couple of different ways that we define bad work. But what this all comes down to is that your bottleneck sets the, the revenue limits for your business. 
And so you want to make sure that it's focusing on doing only the work that it has to do. And so there's a tool that I've created, and I'm just going to go ahead and share my screen here so that so that people can see it. I call it the work elimination matrix. Love it. Yeah. So if you're listening only on the audio podcast, you may want to come over and see the video um, where we're going to be screen sharing here. So the work elimination matrix, go ahead. I see it right here. Awesome. So this work elimination matrix is all about making sure that your bottleneck is focusing 100% on revenue generating activities. So if we look at this, there, there are basically four quadrants on an X, Y axis. On this Y axis, at the top, we've got work that needs to be done. And at the bottom, we've got work that doesn't need to be done. Super simple. And on the left, We've got only this resource can do that work. Only this person can do that work. And on the right, we've got anyone can do that work. So the goal is that we want your bottleneck to be focused as much as possible, 99% of the time in quadrant one, doing only work that it can do, that is prepared work, that is uh, you know, good quality work, that bottleneck is handling that work because that work is going to turn into revenue. Any other work, bad quality work, unprepared work, that's going to that's that's an opportunity cost. That's lost money. Um, quadrant two, yeah, it needs to be done, but anyone can do it. So don't make your bottleneck do it. Give it to somebody else. Quadrant three is only your bottleneck can do it, but it doesn't need to be done. And so what we want to do is we actually want to take that work and either automate it or eliminate it. Uh, these are things. That, that we kind of do just because it makes us feel good sometimes. Like the CEO, they like to be the person who sends uh, handwritten thank you cards or something like that. Yeah, it's a great touch. Um, does it need to be done? Is there a way that you could automate it? If, if not, then yeah, you probably need to be focusing on different things. And the distinction there is like need to be done versus like nice to be done. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah, writing thank you notes are nice, but it's not need. And I think that's where a lot of people get hung up. I, I catch myself getting hung up with this all the time. Like, do I actually need to be doing what I'm doing? Or do I just think I should be doing? Because should be doing versus like, could I could do this. Should I do this? Right. And if it doesn't really, if it's not going to really move the needle, and if it's also going to take away from the stuff in quadrant one, need to be done and only I can do it, then I, sh then I shouldn't be doing it, right? So I think that's another like distinction that I know I catch myself going like, all right, this is nice, but it's not needed. Well, absolutely. And I really like that ad there because I think that you're right. That distinction exists. And there are so many times as business owners, when we make the excuse that this is a nice touch, it's a sweet little value add, or, you know, this is something that it's just a nice thing for me to do, but is it something that you need to do? Because, because that little time that you took is time that you could have been spent closing a, a $60,000 deal or, um, you know, bringing in new clients or solving a major issue that your business has so that you can be generating more revenue. Like, it really is a, a matter of prioritizing what matters most. Right. And then the final quadrant, this is super simple. This is anyone can do it and it doesn't need to be done. So why are you doing it? Yeah. <laughs> There's a, um, what, my good friend, Tim Francis, uh, who has a company called Great Assistant, which he's been on the show. And if anybody ever wants, uh, looking to hire a great personal assistant, greatassistant.com. But um 
he ta- he talks about this concept because it uh, is all about delegation, right? So he's like the surgeon in the room. Like, what is this? You want to be the surgeon in the room. What does the surgeon do in a hospital? He he operates, and that's it. He doesn't clean. He doesn't prep. He doesn't do all the other stuff. Like he's got an entire team of people around him to do that. There's a lot of things that need to be done, but other people have to do it. So it's like focusing your skill sets in that quadrant one, which is only you can do it, and it needs to be done everything else yeah like you said delegate eliminate automate and get it off your plate because i know for myself for my clients business partners etc it's creeping into those other quadrants is that's what really drains because there's the opportunity cost you know it drains me out of being able to work in quadrant one as well as i can if i'm working in two three and four so i think that's a really and it's a for those of you who are not watching yet but are listening it's a really simple like you know, top, bottom, left, right matrix. And I can see how that could be really useful on a daily basis. Just kind of keep it out in front of yourself and probably ask yourself, am I doing one, two, three, or four work? And if it's not one, (laughs) don't do it. Absolutely. And there are honestly, like I, I have clients that I work with, they pay me five figures to come out and help them do uh, workshops where we just look at the executive team and we say, okay, what are you doing? And we, we teach them this concept and we, we go through their day and we say, okay, write down everything that you do in a day. And then we assign a quadrant to it. And then we look at it and we say, okay, what can we eliminate? What can we automate? And what can we move? And you'd be amazed, Brad, at, at what people come up with that they're doing. I, I, had a, I have a client that I'm working with. They still answer the phones. Yeah they're still answering the phones and i'm like what what are you doing (laughs) yeah and so maybe they're not that busy (laughs) maybe (laughs) maybe that's not a bottleneck maybe they're just like i don't have any sales coming in no i'm just kidding but fingers crossed that's not the case (laughs) no you're absolutely right um what if there been any types of client because i i any business, any individual has bottlenecks in their in their business. And I know that there's probably not any business you can't help, but are there any types of businesses that kind of you've helped more so in the past? Like, you know, there's uh, there's everything from like physical brick and mortar businesses, service, but you mentioned the uh, obstetrics business versus like digital businesses and agencies. And like, is there anything that you've kind of um, done more work in the past or kind of, you know, worked with... Um, more concentrated? Yeah, most of my work is concentrated on helping businesses that go direct to their consumer. Okay. Um, you know, B2B, I can still help B2B, but but a lot of times focusing on business to consumer is where I've I've got a lot of, of like just service, experience. Like service-based? Yeah, yeah. And I can, see, I can see why that would be helpful too, because there is one, like, it sounds like you're really trying to remove friction for both the customer, but also for the, <clears throat> the, the, the business owner, so that they can serve the customer better. And there's oftentimes be in a service business, service your service humans are usually ones who are servicing them. And there's always ways to improve efficiency with human actions. Uh, if it's all automated or done with tools, et cetera, it, yeah. you know, there's less efficiencies. So I like that. What's, um, are there any bottlenecks in your business? Because I mean, we all, a, a lot of times we we end up solving the problem, our own problems like this. I would I would just have to imagine that, you know, you got into this because you were solving your own problems. With your own <laughs> solutions. 
Uh, are there any bottlenecks in your business right now that you're working on? Yeah, not that great, but absolutely. I'm I'm the bottleneck in my business. You know, in in a lot of these uh, knowledge based businesses, because they're built around experts, we become the bottleneck. And so, a lot of the work that I do, if it's not directly helping clients, it's focused around getting that knowledge out of my head and onto paper, so that I can train somebody else to do what I do, and increase the capacity of my business, which is another bottleneck rule. Yeah, I'm very similar, right? As I, I do a lot of consulting and uh, it's one of those things, they're buying my brain. So that is the bottleneck and that is the hard part. Now, obviously there's other ways to improve that bottleneck. Like, so for instance, do you do you have courses, trainings? Have you put your IP into any kind of uh, digital space where they don't have to access you, but they can go through to identify things on their own yet? Or is that even on the... So it's on the horizon. It's on the horizon. But right now I'm, I'm focusing a lot on um, just working with people because that's what I love. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but it is on the horizon and it's something that I'm actively working toward. Yeah, I, I am the exact same. So I have created uh, courses and products in the distant past, et cetera, but I, I still actually like working with individuals. I know that they actually get a lot more results. And especially if, if people are looking at bottlenecks, I mean, this is a little bit different. I mean, you could create things that help them identify those. Well, then you're done. You're giving those away, the, you know, the tool and the, um, and the, the document that people can, the, with the nine rules, is it nine rules? Five rules. Five rules. Um, that they can go through. So that's a great way. And I can get them thinking about this and thinking about where are the bottlenecks in their business. Um, besides getting, um, besides just helping to service more people, are there any nuts you're trying to crack? And by that, I could, and that's not a bottleneck, but is this, this could be somebody you're trying to hire, a skill you're trying to learn, a person you're trying to meet, or just anything that would make your business go smoother. Because this is an opportunity for myself, my listeners to go, oh, I, I can totally uh, help out with that. Yeah, you know, I'm actually really interested in getting uh, more into contact with construction companies. Um, I, I think that there is a lot in terms of bottlenecking that occurs in construction that, um, can be benefited by, by what I do. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking to get in connected with some construction companies, um, you know, in that five to $10 million per year space. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me right now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no. So, I mean, I, I don't personally, I don't think I have any direct contacts there, but if you're, if you guys are listening, you own construction business or know somebody who does, obviously this is a good opportunity to uh, make a connection with Zach here. Um, are there anything, are there any questions I should have asked, but I didn't? That's a great question. I think that the question that, that you should ask is how do I know if it's a bottleneck issue and not a sales issue? Hmm. Because I think that the the key here is that, like I talked about, a lot of times we think it's a sales issue, but it's really a bottleneck issue. And so the way that we can kind of determine that is based on our churn rates. So if we're bringing in customers and our churn rate is high, then it's not a sales issue because we're closing sales. And if our, uh, our sales rate is you know, above average, meaning that we're closing sales faster than our competitors, then it's not a sales issue. 
It's yeah. absolutely an operations issue. And so that's, that's kind of the key for people to know when it's time to hire me versus when it's time to hire a marketing specialist, because if you can bring in sales, but you can't keep them, that's an operations issue. And that's where we need to start talking. Right. And I would imagine that somebody like, because, so I would imagine that the very first thought and instinct that somebody would have would be, I just, I need to go find, hire an operations manager. I need to hire somebody this. I need to hire a project. I need to hi- just hire a full-time employee for something. And I would imagine that a, a better step would be to hire somebody like you to come in and help who's an expert, not in just operations, but in really diagnosing the problem. It's kind of like going, hey, if you're sick, go to the doctor, uh, find out all the things that are wrong, get the, you know, get the get the right course of action. And if he says, yeah, you're overweight and you need to get in shape, et cetera, then you got to hire a personal trainer or somebody like to keep you on an ongoing basis. Like now you've got the problem, you've got the plan, et cetera. Now you can hire the people around you in order to fill in those gaps, but that you probably help them strategically uncover and diagnose and then, you know, implement what needs to happen. Would that be an accurate assessment? I think that's a great analogy, honestly, you know, uh, I have a headache. If, if I have a headache, I can take Tylenol. I can take ibuprofen. But if that headache continues for days and days and days, mm-hmm. I need to see a doctor. I need to figure out what's going on. And, yeah. and me hiring my, my neighbor next door to just massage my, my head every day because it feels good isn't really going to determine whether or not I've got a brain tumor um, or other issues, you know. And so it really is just like you talked about, it's better to have someone like me come in, diagnose the problem, and then actually help you find and train an operations manager to take our place. Um, That is the path that I recommend 100% of the time, uh, because you need to be sure that the system is in place. And then the operations manager just becomes someone who's managing the system with the skills that they need to improve on the system. And those are all things that I teach. Yeah, I love it. Do you work with uh, clients all over the country, all over the world, just just in Utah? Is it are you pretty? So, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I work with clients all over, all over, man. Thanks. I love it. So that way, if somebody's listening, they're not in Utah and they're like, oh, I can totally use something like this. They know that they've got a resource to reach out to. So you mentioned earlier that you'd be uh, giving a link for people. I, I can't remember if you actually told me what that is, but you said there was a link if people want to download that bottleneck rules. Yeah, I'll provide that so that you can throw it in the comments. Okay, cool. Yep, that'll be a little link in the show notes where you can do that. And um, and if people want to get a hold of you uh, and, and find out more, obviously, give us a shout out to your website, email address, anything that uh, might make it easy for somebody to get in touch. Yeah, so my my website is homericconsulting.com. It's like Homer Simpson, icconsulting.com. Um, Homer is is an ancient Greek poet as well. So Homeric means epic or grand in scale. We want to be sure that your business is making your mark on the world. If you want to, I like the name, but I was going to ask you where you came up. I was like, you didn't name it after Homer Simpson, did you? (laughs) (laughs) Don't. (laughs) Although there's probably like that. Like whenever you find yourself going, don't like this. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) The the other way that people can get in touch with me is they can actually uh, feel free to send me an email. Zach, just Z-A-C at homericconsulting.com or reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, 
happy to respond and, and help you guys start making progress. Love it. Love it. So that kind of brings us to the uh, top of this episode. But Zach, I really appreciate your time on this and uh, helping people kind of understand that, look, it, it might not just be, sa- it might not be sales. It might be other bottlenecks. It might be other things that are causing you frustration and overwhelm. And that's, I, I would think that that's probably the real key is if you find yourself as the owner of a business or executive or manager of some aspect and you're completely overwhelmed, that I would think that that's the indicator that, hey, what if there, it could be a bottleneck and that's what's causing all of that pressure. That's what's causing this to um, mess up. It's not necessarily that what you're trying to do isn't working. Maybe it's working too well. Maybe you got too many sales coming in. You're just not able to fill them quite enough or onboard people or, you know, they're leaving you. And, you know, one of the, I, I can see how what you talk about really helps uh, with ret- customer retention, client retention, because if you can retain a client, that's so much cheaper than getting new clients, right? It's so much easier to just keep somebody paying as opposed to go find somebody new. So I see your service as a, just a really terrific client retention strategy, if nothing else. Um, oh, absolutely. And, you know, going back to that obstetrics example, the plan that we laid out, not only did it um, basically provide more work for these ultrasound technicians to do, but it shortened the overall wait time for the, for the patients coming in by mm-hmm. 30%. Wow. So they, they, they reduced their wait time, increased their patient satisfaction and their employee satisfaction. So, you know, a lot of times it really is your operations. I can see that. Well, that's fantastic. I appreciate it. So for all of my listeners and viewers, for those of you watching the video, you can go to Homeric, H-O-M-E-R-I-C, consulting.com or email Zach at Z-A-C at homericconsulting.com and we'll provide a link where you can uh, download his nine rules as, as well as the tool. Um, so Zach, thanks again for being on the show. And to everybody else, if you enjoyed this, if you would love to leave a review on iTunes, I read every single one of them. It helps the algorithm uh, help people find the show and tell people about it for them this episode if you think it will help them out. But obviously, if you have any questions or comments, concerns, accolades, you'd like to compliment me on the uh, job I'm doing, you can always email me at askbrad at baconwrappedbusiness.com. And uh, Zach, thanks again, man. I appreciate having you on. Thanks, Brad. It was my pleasure.